hello and welcome to the worldwide broadcast of the Ted and Austin Brower Show, bringing you the latest world news and health research. Hope everyone's having an absolutely amazing day today. And I saw something this morning that kind of made me chuckle, not because it's actually really funny, but just from an ironic standpoint. They now said that the... Chicago, the city of Chicago that's run by Mayor Beetlejuice, is saying that not only has the violent crime soared even more than it already is, it is now looking at a whopping $1.2 billion budget deficit. And uh, the response, obviously, to this is because, oh, it's COVID-fueled budget deficit. That's the only thing that could have possibly done this. Mayor Lightfoot, the Beetlejuice mayor, is now immediately talking about massive tax hikes in Chicago. And what's ironic, and this is why I said it kind of made me chuckle, is if you ever look at how socialist cities are run, a.k.a. Democrat-run cities, they always have to feed off other people's money. They can never produce enough to actually sustain a, a, a functional economy, so they have to continue to take more money and more money and more money and go further and further and further and further into debt. And this is simply the only way their model works. And what's ironic is these same clowns that will continually run a, a once great city completely into the mud want to do this all over the place. It's funny because this is one of the reasons why Governor DeSantis down here in Florida said enough is enough. Florida is actually a profitable state. We don't need federal bailouts every year like California and Chicago and other cities and states around the country. We actually produce significant amount of revenue off of tourism and off of uh, enough off sales tax. And what's funny about it is this is what DeSantis said when all this was going on. He said, listen, the, the lockdowns obviously aren't working. The alleged COVID tests are still continuing to go up, even with lockdowns, even with businesses shuttered. None of this works, and because we find that it wasn't supposed to work. It was designed to do exactly what it did. There's a reason why now they're saying that, I think, last week, the total amount of flu cases in the United States, I think it was like 67 cases, but the exact same time last year, it was over 1,200 cases. That's well, because everything is COVID now. It's funny, I talked to Lana the other day, and she was saying that basically one of her friends uh, had gotten sick and all this stuff had happened. And I said, oh, it's definitely COVID. Like immediately, that was my response jokingly. And she goes, no, she actually you know, had this issue. And I said, oh, it was definitely COVID. And she got like, kind of mad at me. I was being sarcastic, though. I said, no, you don't understand. Everything is COVID. I said, if you slip and fall down the stairs and break your arm, that was 100% COVID. You had to have COVID to get that. And it's just a joke now. But a lot of people, sadly enough, still do not find it even comical. They are still wrapped up, wearing masks, running around, acting completely and totally like lunatics. I saw a photo the other day of Joe Biden getting off, I think it was a plane, and he's got two masks on. The man has two masks on. He's double stacking masks now, as if his mental capacity has not declined enough due to his dementia. He now is going to completely and totally restrict massive amounts of oxygen from getting to his brain, making him sound even more retarded, embarrassing. But other than that, how are you doing this morning, Dad? Did I lose Ted? 
hoping my... You there? Okay, how do I... Am I there? Am I there? Oh, you sound better now. I don't know. I can hear you. Yeah, that's a lot. Can you hear me now? This is awful. <laughs> yeah, uh, I can hear you now. Yeah, I, stuff. I say about... Okay. I don't, know, you know, I, don't, I don't know what to say about Biden wearing two masks. It's not like he already doesn't have enough oxygen deprivation and senile dementia to his brain from a lack of... Uh, who knows what else he has as far as mercury content in his brain from all the vaccines he's probably taken. So, yeah, it's a big mess. And, you know, and right now they're saying that they're going to have a massive tax increase with Biden and that if he does get elected, that his tax plan will lead to a combined rate of 62% for those making more than 400000 in California and New York and the highest increase in decades. And what's crazy to me, Austin, is this. You know, the federal government doesn't get the concept of operating a business age. What they do is they don't have to be profitable. All they've got to do is if they start losing money is to raise taxes. And they don't understand that the people that are making the country profitable, making their own businesses profitable, are less profitable when the country doesn't balance its own budget. Now, the country can't balance its own budget right now simply because the country is running deficit spendings and we have to borrow money from the Federal Reserve Bank in order to pay our bills. And so it never, ever ends. It's a debt spiral that was created by the Rothschild Banking Empire that was designed specifically to destroy the United States to bring in a new world order and a one world government. And this is what we have to understand. Until we shake the shackles of the Fed loose, like Germany did in 1938, until we do that, we're never, ever going to be free again in this country. We're going to always be debt slaves. Now, what's also interesting, too, I gotta, I've got to talk about this guy for one second. This is just, this is so incredibly stupid. Uh, Jeffrey Tubin, a big writer for uh, CNN, uh, who also was basically saying how the Anthony Weiner things that Anthony Weiner was doing was basically outrageous, and none of this stuff happened. You know, as far as him sexing out pictures of himself to younger girls and end up going to prison for it, uh, he basically is the same guy. He's, he's a Jewish fellow out of New York, and he basically is a career, how should I say, philanderer. He had a ten-year affair with a girl who he worked with at CNN, I kid you not, 10 years, and then he has a baby with her. And then what he does, he basically tells her he wants to abort the baby. He'll pay for the baby to be aborted. And she says, no, I don't want to abort the baby. She's like 36 years old. She doesn't want to abort the baby. She figures she'll never get pregnant again. So she goes ahead and has the baby. Well, then he says it's not his baby. So then they go in and paternity testing. All this is the court in the tabloids up in New York City. And now... This guy, this weirdo, this career philanderer, it basically has committed career suicide on Zoom. This CNN analyst, Jeffrey Tubin, is suspended for, well, how should I say, he had his Mr. Happy out during a work video call and doing things he shouldn't ought to be doing because he thought no one could see. And now he's been suspended from the New York magazine after he exposed himself and pulled a wiener on this, like Anthony Weiner, on a work Zoom call last week. He was on the video call with staffers from the New York Magazine and the WNWYC radio at the time. He's now taking a leave of absence from CNN, and he has since apologized to his family for co-workers, calling the incident an embarrassing, stupid mistake. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Okay, Mr. Exposer here, Mr. Weirdo, Mr. Philanderer, uh, Mr. Tubin. 
a unbelievably stupid mistake is to probably blow your nose or pick your nose on TV or on a Zoom call. That's pretty stupid. Pulling your private parts out and you know whatever you were doing with them is not stupid. It's 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 perverted and it's sick, but it goes right along with your perverted lifestyle that you've already acquired and the fact that people even listen to you as a pervert absolutely is amazing to me. So I saw this this morning, Austin. I don't really cover stories like this, but this is the group of people that CNN hires, and he's probably another Operation Mockingbird CIA hire, and they think they can do anything they want to do whenever they want to do it, except this time he got busted. <laughs> what do you think, Oz? It doesn't surprise me with some of these guys. They continue to do really, really, really dumb stuff. And um, it just, you know, with a lot of this stuff, you guys got to remember, I mean, anything that goes online, I mean, whether it's Zoom or whether it's on, you know, social media platforms, you always got to remember this. Stuff gets recorded. It's data log. Everything you put out there gets saved. I mean, it's just, that's where it is now. And also, too, I was going back, I was reading through the rest of this article, back to Chicago, as it's continued to fall down the spiral. I just want to bring this up. So they're now saying, the Beetlejuice mayor is now saying that they need a $94 million property tax increase next year to, and lay off 300 city workers and also put an increased gas tax. They're saying now that each taxpayer's share of the debt, because they have basically $10 billion in available capital, but they have $46 billion worth of bills. They're saying each taxpayer's share of the debt in the city of Chicago now is $39,400. That's how far they are in a hole. Just to, I just wanted to clarify that so you guys understand what is happening in Chicago. And the sad part is Chicago will probably be, if it's not already, going to turn into the next Detroit or like you know Flint, Michigan area, which, I mean, that's a beautiful area up there. But again... When you have these far leftist communist mayors and individuals that run these cities and they run it like their own personal piggy bank and they continue to tax everybody that keeps working and they continue to tax, 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 eventually the people that continue to get taxed go, we're done, we're gone, bye. In German it's genug, wasn't enough, we're gone, see you later. And so that's what they start doing. This is why Florida's growth as far as people moving down here has been so high over the last 10 years, because we still are one of the states that don't have a state income tax, which is uh, kind of funny, but like I said earlier, we still operate in a positive cash flow standpoint. Also, too, in other news, this is something that I really wanted to bring up and kind of address. You remember last week I told you in detail about how UK airports have now brought out the Common Pass app for flights basically from New York to Heathrow and vice versa. There's now apps that they're telling people you need to put on your phone. And essentially what you do is you go get a COVID test and then you submit it on this app. And then the app gives you a QR code and you can fly without having massive restrictions on these planes, okay? Well, a new app just got released. And what's funny is all these apps are coming out left and right. Remember the whole social distancing app and the whole contact tracing app they come out with? With uh, Google came out with that last, uh, what, six months ago? And then there was also another app that was actually, you know, the Android and Apple 
combined forces to come out with this other social contact tracing app. And what they did is anytime your phone gets around anybody that may possibly have COVID, you start having, you know, a different COVID score. Now, these apps have gotten completely and totally erroneous now. As we know, the entire pandemic, as what they called it, has been nothing more than a pandemic. It doesn't matter. They still continue to push these apps. It was a new app that just came out from Safen Labs, and it's been developed. And what it is now is it's a questionnaire along with biometric oxygen saturation and heart rate management on your finger. And so what it does is it actually has a facial recognition software that takes a photo, actually a video, of your face to see if you're sick. And then you put your finger on the back meter to see what your oxygen and what your heart rate is, and you fill out a set of questionnaires. This is quite creepy, and I've seen a lot of people actually praise this because they're saying, oh, well, it's super easy, it's not invasive. The new Safe Haven app utilizes camera-based remote monitoring technology from Israeli-based company Bina'a and takes less than a minute on average. Safe Labs co-founder Jeremy Adler and Ryan Gold, who previously built AI systems for stock market analysis, teamed up with McGill University to refine the algorithm and determine the criteria for symptom probability. The app is meant for businesses to screen employees, advising those who fail the assessment to visit a testing center. And so I was reading more on this, and basically, I mean, essentially what it says, yeah, it's, it's a combination of a questionnaire and cutting-edge facial recognition technology to measure vital signs. Now, what's very creepy about this is, as we already know, these apps, when you give them permission, they not only monitor everything you do, including what you do on that app, they store everything that is monitored on that app. And then they sell everything that is monitored on that app. So the fact that we have an Israeli-based company now using facial recognition software apps that are on your phone or at a business so you can get into your business and actually work is grossly troubling to me, not only from a privacy standpoint, from facial recognition privacy standpoint, but now these people have the ability, allegedly, with this app, to monitor your biometrics and oxygen saturation and whatever else they're going to test on this. So how long is it before these companies start denying you from going into your business or employees from coming to your work based solely on the fact of, well, you know what, this app showing you may be sick. Your oxygen's a little low. Well, how does that work out, too, if you're wearing a mask all the time? Your oxygen's already low. You've got to take your mask off to do this app. Then what happens? They're just going to tell you, you can't come in the building, you can't work, you can't drive your car, which, by the way, that's where a lot of this stuff is going. That's one of the reasons why, again, Tesla continues to get billions of dollars in bailouts and their stock prices continue to go through the roof with these electric cars because that is going to be the vehicle of the future. You're going to have to basically, essentially, at some point in time, you're going to have to scan to get in your vehicle or scan to drive your vehicle. I'm telling you right now, I've already talked to numerous people that are in the industry, and that's where this is going in the long run. You have to go in so they automatically know who you are driving the vehicle right now. Oh, this is so-and-so. He's driving right now. If you exceed the speed limit when you're not in basically automatic autonomous mode and it's driving by itself, the 
are automatically going to ticket you. If you run a red light or a stop sign, you're automatically going to be ticketed. You're not going to have to be monitored because they're already going to, excuse me, they're already going to monitor everything you do. So now we have apps from Israeli-owned companies that are going to do facial recognition at businesses to let you know whether or not you're healthy enough to work or go into the building. That unbelievable. You know, I told you guys years ago when I had lunch, this is back in the 90s, over 20, 25 years ago with Benjamin Netanyahu, he said the trunk lines for all the Internet security and pretty much all Internet activity in the world went through Tel Aviv because the Israelis had built most of the computer programs and software systems with back doors, which would allow the Israelis to control this stuff. And he was trying to sell us stocks and basically investments to buy into this through this Israeli control. And, and I, I thought that was interesting. Now, here's another one. A bipartisan bill now brought to the government, basically through the, our, our Senate and our House, uh, would require the president to consult with Israel over Middle East weapons sales. Now, I don't even know what to say about this. I'm going to read that again. Bipartisan bill would give Israel the veto powers over U.S. arms sales. And a group of bipartisan lawmakers, primarily dual Israeli citizens, remember there are around 60 of those, introduced a bill in the House that would effectively give Israel the power to veto U.S. arms sales to countries in the Middle East. Now, wait a minute. This is why I've told you guys you can't have dual citizens from any country, whether it's Israel or Russia or Germany or Japan or China, having dual citizenships with the United States and being in our government because it creates a group of people that can sway the government of the United States via the Congress and laws any direction they want. This is exactly what James Trafficking said when he said that America was Israel. This is what he said because they, he said they control both, both houses of Congress. I'm going to read it again. A group of bipartisan lawmakers introduced a bill in the House that would effectively give Israel the power to veto U.S. arms sales to countries in the Middle East. That means giving the Israeli government power over the United States government. Since the UAE and Israel agreed to normalize relations, a possible F-35 sale to Abu Dhabi has caused concerns with the dual Israeli citizens in Congress over Israel's military edge. The QME is mandated by U.S. law. It means Washington will ensure Israel maintains a military superiority over its neighbors. Currently, it's up to Congress to ensure Israel's QME. The new bill will require Israel to be consulted before any arms sales are made that could jeopardize the QME or the qualitative military edge. The bill was... Representative Israeli citizen Schneider said the bill would require the president with the Israeli government. Israel is our single most important ally in the Middle East, and Congress will not let any with unapproved weapon sales, dual Israeli said. 17 other members of Congress sponsored the bill along Schneider, most of them dual Israeli citizens. Congress initially objected to the F-35 sale, but has submitted a wish list of over $8 billion in advanced weaponry if the deal goes through. Israeli Defense Minister Benny Gantz met with the U.S. Secretary of Defense Mark Esper in September about the deal. Esper vowed the U.S. would maintain Israel's quantitative military 
edge. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Remember I read you this? I actually played the audio tape of Donald Trump several weeks ago saying the only reason the United States is in the Middle East is to protect Israel. What the heck has happened to our country? Honestly, guys, really? Are we at this point now where a foreign country gets to dictate everything $1,000 per year in aid given to each Israeli citizen from the United States? And these aren't loans. These are aid that is given that is basically never going to be repaid back from the country that is owned and occupied and run via the Rothschild banking cartel, Kabbalists, the Luciferians, from the country that basically is controlled by the Federal Reserve Bank, which could easily print $35,000 in Israeli money every single year to each Israeli citizen and give it away. But they come to us for us to give them free money that we have to borrow from our future generations. This whole thing sucks, to be honest with you. It's awful. Excuse my language, but it's awful that we're in a situation like this that any country, whether it be Israel or Germany or Russia or China, has this level of control over United States politics. The problem is, again, who talks about this but me and besides me and Austin? Well, a few other people. Jeffrey French does. Owen Benjamin does. A few other people do. Chuck Baldwin does. Paul Craig Roberts does. And now I'm getting on a real short line because there's really nobody else that really goes into detail about this. But, guys, here's the thing. What the heck have we gotten ourselves into? Why have we allowed this to happen in the United States of America? By the way. Way. Remember five years ago in New York City, thinking about a doggone mess that's going on up there? Five years ago, we covered this on the show, New York City lit up the Empire State Building with the Hindu demon of destruction, Kali. And today, New York City is a ghost town. You know, our God is the same yesterday, today, and forever, and God will not be mocked. You know, We've got this mess in New York City now. Basically, the whole city is destroyed. Chicago is destroyed. Neither of these cities can handle the amount of people that are leaving and the loss of tax revenue because they've shut themselves down via COVID. And now we have a situation where New York City is done, but they're promoting and helping their god, Kali, apparently. And we have to understand something. All of this stuff, all of these weird gods and these weird religions is all based out of the Kabbalah again and based out of the Zohar again. And if we understand that, we start to realize who and what controls these cities and these countries. And see, that's the most important thing we've got to understand, is that we've got to keep everything at a spiritual level. We've got to realize that today is the day the Lord hath made, and we will rejoice and we will be glad in it. That our footsteps are ordered by the Lord. That basically when we become a Christian, we live forever. That we never die. That we simply go on to be with God as soon as we leave our mortal body. We need to understand that and understand that this world is not our home and that this world is controlled by these demonic entities. And when we get that, it starts making more sense. So we want to become a demon god. And we want to put this demon god outside, this Shiva demon god outside of CERN. There's a movie that came out of years ago, a movie in which a spaceship had gone to hell and had come back. And, you know, and what ended up happening, what ended up happening is everybody on the spaceship ended up killing each other and themselves because they could 
couldn't deal with what they had seen in hell. Now, I'm not recommending this movie because it's a crazy, crazy, crazy movie. I don't recommend it at all. Honestly, honestly, guys, don't watch it. But the point is, is they were opening up a vortex, a wormhole, in which they would enter into one wormhole and come out the other side. The spaceship did this, but it ended up in hell. This is what they're trying to do in CERN. They're trying to open hell to allow it to stay open, to allow these demonic entities to come out of the doggone portal. And see, this is not okay. And why these people, oh, that's right, we had the gathered tunnel ceremony in Switzerland, didn't we? Where this this CERN yep. is located, and which they basically did an entire druid mock human sacrifices. Oh, that's right, too. You're pixelating real bad, bud. I need, go ahead. You go ahead. Austin. Go ahead and reconnect real quick. Yeah, go ahead and reconnect. I'll take it from there. Um, essentially, what he's talking about. I apologize for that. I, he, he may have a bad connection. We're going to reconnect real quick with him here. Um, the druid ceremony they did in Switzerland for this was basically kind of like a welcoming session to what they're trying to bring in, and it was trying to give a depiction of what they actually want to do with CERN and. What Dad was talking about, the, the movie he's referring to is Event Horizon. And again, I don't recommend you watch the film. I mean that sincerely. It's, it is a sadistic film. It is extremely graphic. If you have it on television and it's fully edited, it's very interesting, some of the aspects of it, but you can read the cliff notes and kind of understand what's happened in the film in a couple of the segments because it's just, it, it's a very disturbing film. But what's interesting, what he's talking about, is that CERN, the big thing that they've been wanting to do repeatedly is make contact with a parallel universe. They've discussed this in detail. There's one of the articles that came out by it from Science Nature, and they said critics, many of which have warned the high-energy particular collider would start the top of our universe with the making part of its own, but up to now, Geneva stays intact and securely outside the event horizon. Now, what that means as far as the event horizon, a lot of people don't really understand what that term means, and I didn't either until I researched it. The event horizon is the boundary marking the limits of a black hole. At the event horizon, the escape velocity is equal to the speed of light. Since general relativity states that nothing can travel faster than the speed of light, nothing inside the event horizon can ever cross the boundary and escape beyond it. Thus, nothing that enters a black hole can get out or can be observed from outside the event horizon. Meaning, when you go into the event horizon, you go essentially into a black hole abyss. There's technically, from research, there's no recovering from it. You go like into like just you go into either another universe. Nobody really knows. It's the event horizon. You're kind of gone. And what's interesting about this is they repeatedly refer to this in the discussions of the CERN collider in Switzerland. One article here, another one from Science Nature says, and I quote, this is discussing one of the scientists that are involved in it. He said, we predict that gravity can leak into extra dimensions. And if it does, then miniature black holes are produced. Normally, when people consider the multi-universe, they think about the many worlds interpretation of quantum physics, where every possibility is actualized. This cannot be tested, so it's uh, basically philosophy and not science. And this is not what we mean by parallel universe. What we mean is real universes in extra dimensions. What they're saying is here, this whole collider they're trying to do is being used specifically to discuss aspects 
trying to push and open up a universe access into our universe. This is what Dad's saying here. So that's why I'm trying to explain it in detail. The Collider is designed to open up a portal into multiple other segments of the universe. Where they go, we not know, <laughs> so to speak. We don't know what's going to happen here. Is it going to open up some something nasty? More than likely. There's a reason why God has this veil here. Just being honest with you, there's a reason why we're not supposed to do this. In my opinion, the CERN Collider is kind of being used, in my opinion, it's like the Garden of Eden as far as the tree of good and evil, where God says, do not eat of this fruit, basically you will know good and evil after this. Now, obviously, there's a lot to be said about those references in Genesis. I think there's a whole lot more to that tree than just having a piece of fruit on it and Eve ate it. Obviously, I mean, people can go into all the detail they want that. But it goes on to say here, in the last part of this article, it says, just as many parallel sheets of paper, which are two-dimensional objects, can exist during a dimension, parallel universes can exist in higher dimensions. So what they're trying to do here is open up this portal with CERN and bring something in. And it's probably not something good. And that's what Ted was getting into discussions with the movie Event Horizon. That's what happens. A ship goes on a secret mission. And they explain that the ship was actually built by the government to test a secret experimental faster-than-light gravity drive. The drive creates an artificial black hole to bridge two points in space, which significantly reduces journey time and creates the illusion of a faster-than-light travel. The ship had been on its initial test flight when it disappeared. It vanished without a trace, and the cover story of the ship being destroyed was fed to the public. When asked where the ship had been those seven years, they answered that they were there to find out. And they essentially go on this ship to find out what's going on, and they find out that the ship's drive successfully opened up a gateway in space-time and led the ship outside of the normal universe into another dimension, which was hell. That's what the movie's about. So this is why I brought this up, and this is why Dad brought this up, because I wanted to kind of bring these things together. That movie was a horror film in 1997. It was actually done just a few years before CERN actually got the green light to start being built. Now they're actually talking about doing exactly what they discussed in that film. And so what's creepy about this, especially if you've seen that film, is that there's obviously a dimension we don't need to go to. There's a realm we don't need to experience, and that's what the crew members saw and were exposed to on this ship, and it essentially was one of the deepest, darkest parts of hell. And that is why I am not pro-CERN whatsoever. There's just certain things we don't need to be involved in. CERN, the Collider, one of those things we just don't need to be playing with at all. Also, too, in other news, I told you I would keep you guys updated on the situation that happened in Denver, Colorado, because I told you guys from the very beginning... I found it to be extremely nefarious and extremely shady with this Matt guy, Matthew Doloff, who was there as a security guard for CBS, and then later on we find out that he's not even licensed to provide security services in the city whatsoever, and then we find out he's a huge Antifa boy, even has the... Space Invaders Antifa tattoos tattooed on both of his wrists. You can see in one of the photos where he's being arrested. Well, they now, it's, I'm glad they finally did this. They have now basically charged him. Originally, they, were, they basically were holding him on suspicion 
of first-degree murder. They have now charged him formally with second-degree murder and has a $500,000 bond for the charges. Now, what's interesting about this is the video that you see and the film, the photos that you see shows the individual, the victim, you know, slap him in the face, slap Matthew in the face open-handed, and then steps back and continues to step back and then raises a can of mace and at that point in time Matthew draws his weapon and engages him with deadly force one round to the face very quick shot very accurate shot the man was well trained and what's interesting about this though is we have video footage of Kyle Rittenhouse running away from two protesters one of which had a handgun and the other which had a skateboard who when Kyle tripped was beaten with the skateboard. He shot and killed the skateboard protester, and the other individual drew his firearm and he shot him in the arm, blew part of his bicep off. And if you guys know now, he's being he's got numerous charges, including first degree murder, on these charges. So we have photos of one individual who's an Antifa alleged security guard shoot a protester in the face after he gets smacked in the face and steps back. And it's second degree. You have Kyle, who's on the ground getting beaten with a skateboard, has another individual with a handgun, and he basically is charged with first-degree murder. That shows you how the narrative only occurs when they want it to go that direction. Now, it's interesting about this. I discussed this with a buddy of mine yesterday. Because a lot of people are going, well, you know, he was in his duty, this Matt guy was, because he was a security guard. First off, if you're a security contractor, if you're providing any type of security measures, whether you're licensed or not, that means you are held to a higher level of accountability. Meaning, I don't believe the reason why, I don't believe this guy was there at all to be a security guard. I believe he was there to be a blatant agitator and try to start this exact type of incident. Now, whether or not he was there to actually shoot somebody, I don't know. But I know he was carrying a Glock a very nice Glock with a Surefire and a red dot on it, appendix carry, with a secondary mag in that appendix holster, meaning he was there to engage in deadly force at any point in time if he needed to do so, and he did. Now, back to what I said, a security guard, law enforcement, if you're just protecting somebody's home, you're not there to be an offensive force. You're there as a defensive, hence the security guard. You're there to defend whoever you're there with. Obviously, he was not doing that. He was blatantly trying to get in, in some type of altercation. I remember years ago when we had the gate incident. Dad remembers this down at the road. And, you know, it's been over, what, almost 10 years now, so it doesn't matter. You can talk about it. We had a, basically an issue with an easement, a gate, and there were a bunch of people that descended on the gate to basically try to forcefully open it and lock it up. I'm not going to go into the details of that, but I remember I went down there with Dad, and I was carrying a firearm concealed on my person, Glock 30, actually, 45 caliber. Love that handgun. And I went down there, and the whole situation was very aggressive. People were yelling, people were cussing, and I remember I stood there the whole time, and I was was very calm, very collected, actually never really said anything to anybody. I just observed as I was simply down there to watch what was happening. I wasn't going to get in some giant altercation. And if you can't put me on mute, bud, um, I was getting a giant altercation with somebody and use my firearm in a situation that didn't need to be done. And ended up, law enforcement ended up coming down over an incident, and they, uh, they, they said, are you carrying a firearm? Because he saw a magazine on me. And I said, well, yeah. 
And then he asked Dad, he said, well, I need to basically take his firearm until the situation's resolved. And they basically disarmed me in front of everybody, which was interesting because everybody freaked out after that because they didn't realize I was carrying. But that was the entire point. When I was down there, I was not down there to be an offensive force. I was not there to get in direct conflict with people. I was there simply to observe. And if the situation arose where deadly force was presented, I was there to engage with equal deadly force if I had to do so and only if I absolutely had to do so. This Matthew Dolph individual, Doloff individual, was grossly negligent. If he actually was even trying to act as a security guard, which I don't believe he was, I think he was there as an agitator because as a security guard, you're not there to pick a fight. You're there to provide security with whoever you're covering, not to start offensive measures, which tells me, and I've said repeatedly, this guy was there specifically for the sole purpose, in my opinion, to start a fight and possibly start a shooting. The problem was it backfired because now he's being charged with murder, and I think they wanted to try to instigate a patriot to pull a firearm out and have a gunfight, and then they could blame it, of course, on the entire patriot community because those are the people, the bad, bad, right-wing militia, you know, white supremacists that started shooting. And the problem is this guy now has gotten busted, and he's getting charged with second-degree murder. So just thought I would bring that up, Dad. Are you back with us now with a good connection? Well, I hope I am, Austin. If I can't get through properly, just let me know, and I'll let you finish up the show. But, you know, we need to realize that, you know, our sales of our guns right now have already exceeded 2020, we did in all of night 2019. This yeah. is a country preparing for war. I mean, that's what we are right now because we've all had enough of this stuff. And, and quite frankly, Donald Trump hasn't helped with all this inflammatory rhetoric. And now they're actually going out and they're sending notes to people. They're actually sending notes to people. And they're the notes saying, dear neighbor, you've been identified by our group as being a Trump supporter. Your address has been added into our database as a target for when we attack should Trump not concede the election. We recommend that you check your home insurance policy and make sure that it's current and that it has adequate coverage for fire damage. You have been given a fair warning. Always remember that this was you that started this civil war. Now, that's what it says. That's what the note says that went to this person's home. Now, think through that for a second. Now, was this part of a group? Are they acknowledging they did this, or was this just the individual who had done this to basically who's a nut? Well, it doesn't matter who it was. What they're trying to do is to tell all of us that they're prepping us up. Now, does that mean that they have the manpower to come in and do a full-blown takeover of the United States and kill all the patriots? Absolutely not. The left will never win a war against the patriots because the left are a bunch of sissies in most cases. I'll be just direct with you guys. Now, there are some left people out there that have been in the military, and for various reasons, they're left-wing, and they're really well-armed, and they're well-trained. But the vast majority of the people on the left are girly men. That's all they are. And they're sissies. They got a big mouth, and they run their mouth, but they are never willing to actually engage and do anything. They're all talk. But what they're doing is they're trying to inflame exactly what you said, Austin, the right-wing groups to start shooting the left-wing groups to create a civil war to have another country, either Russia or China or the United Nations, bring in troops, mercenaries, to come in and to quell the violence in direct violation of the Treaty of Esfala. 
This is where we are right now. And Barack Obama signed those doggone treaties with the United Nations to allow them to put troops on U.S. soil. I mean, this is crazy that this actually happened under an administration of a president of the United States. Plus, he has the right to seize your food, to seize your water, to seize your fuel, do everything. Barack Obama did all that. They've been prepping for what they're doing for a long, long time. This is why the same as when you had that gate incident with me 10 years ago, that cooler heads must prevail. We can't go into this situation with these clowns and try to start a civil war. Nobody's going to win by that. What we need to do is get rid of the dual Israeli citizens in Congress and these extreme liberal groups, which are these extreme Democrat Israeli Congress people and senators who are voting all of this legislation into power and controlling the House and the Senate. We need to have a complete turnover if we can because of diebold election machines causing all of this government interference and third-party interference in our elections as far as hacking the databases and hacking the vote totals. We need to get rid of that and go back to paper ballots. The problem we're going to have is we have to have Congress vote and push all this stuff through and make it a mandate for all of the states because too many of the states now have gone over to the liberal mindset and they're not willing to do this on their own. What we have here in the United States is an unbelievable mess. That's what this is. And here we are trying to figure out what to do. While in the meantime, these Kabbalists who are doing all of this stuff through the international bankers and through their Luciferian connections and their interdimensional interfaces, they're the ones who are orchestrating all of this. They're the ones that are pushing all of this into the mainstream media so we can see what they're doing, how they're doing it, trying to precipitate a response from us as patriots. Donald Trump and all his inflammatory rhetoric isn't helping anything. And the same techniques that he used in 2016, 2015 to run for president are falling on deaf ears now. Why? Why has it not worked this time? Number one, we talked about this in depth yesterday. Social media has been censored. Twitter, Facebook, all of the different things that were used, Instagram that were used four years ago to get the truth out through alt media, all have been stopped. Multiple websites have been taken off the YouTube platform now that were getting their information out to, to tens of millions of people. All of this stuff now is falling on deaf ears. And so Donald Trump getting more and more and more aggressive. Now they're talking about on this next presidential debate of having a mute button for both the candidates when the other person is answering a question, which quite frankly, the fact that we have adult men, adult men who can't shut up while someone else is talking blows my mind. You know, when we have our prayer time in the morning or when we're talking about information at the house, I'm just going to be real blunt with you guys. Sometimes the kids, you know, or whatever, get kind of mouthy about stuff, and we have to say, look, let me finish talking, and I will sit back, and I will be quiet, and I will listen to everything you have to say. But you've got to let me talk without interrupting me and breaking my train of thought. The fact that we can't do that on a presidential debate and have these guys treat each other with one ounce of respect blows my mind that this country, from a term of civility, has dropped to this level. I mean, it's, it's unbelievable. Now, you know, China's now telling us that if we continue to do what we're doing, they're going to start detaining U.S. citizens over there. I mean, think about that for a second. Detaining U.S. citizens? Why in the world would they do that? Well, again, 
they're being run by the Rothschild banking cartel. And they're trying to do everything. China and India now are about to go to war. China and the U.S. are, you know, rattling the sabers. And all of these things are being done by the international banking cartels. And we need to understand that because if we don't, we're going to run into a situation where we're going to allow them to bait us and to do things we shouldn't do. By the way, Sweden now is going to start lockdowns. They're going to be voluntarily done, but they're starting lockdowns as it has the world's 12th highest COVID-19 death rate. You know, it's interesting to me. The Swedes used to be the Vikings. I mean, they used to really be macho people. And they've allowed themselves to be completely taken over by a group of liberal, lesbian, feminists in Sweden, which are basically destroying the country, including with a ridiculous amount of people they've allowed to come into the country as far as through their immigration policies. So all of this stuff is just absolutely nonsense. But remember who's doing it all. Also, American Airlines is planning to resume its, I personally think, unsafe 737 MAX flights in December. These things like to crash because the air control systems in them basically take control of the planes and start doing all these maneuvers when they're not supposed to with, with inadequate altitude. Now, let me explain something to you how these planes work. These new aircraft... The pilot, all that pilot does is land the plane and take the plane off. That's all it does because those are the two riskiest things that an airplane has to do. When you take off with an airplane, you've got to go to full power. You've got to maintain rudder control so you stay in the middle of the runway. And then when you get to a certain speed, you have to do what they call rotate and pull the yoke back, and it picks the plane up. Right after that, as soon as it gets, you know, 20,000 feet, the plane on its desired course, which was the navigation before takeoff, and it takes the plane all the way to the touchdown point. It actually tracks itself to the touchdown point, and it does this automatically. And when this plane basically is flying like that, the pilot doesn't have control of it. He has to turn those systems off. But if that plane decides to make a decision on its own, and drop itself into a nose or dive or a spiral or whatever with inadequate attitude, the pilot has not had, as far as these other planes that have crashed, enough time to make the corrections. This is the problem, guys. The automation in this pilot airplane interface has become to the point of the pilots don't have to think. They'll get up and go use the bathroom. They'll take a nap, do whatever they have to do. And the plane will start beeping automatically in the event that something goes wrong and it has to give the pilot a certain amount of time, supposedly, which it has not been doing with the 737s. I recommend all of you guys, if they put these 737s back in the service, you avoid those flights until they see what they're going to do and if they fix the software glitches that are causing this. Austin, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, with with flying, I mean, planes and flying, I mean, it is definitely absolutely cool. I mean, there's no doubt about it, but you got a lot of trust in those vehicles that they're flying in the air, including the pilots, which a lot of times the pilots can be very well trained, but there's a lot of variables that you can't control. The same thing, I mean, you've ever saw that movie Sully, where basically, uh, you know, he had to land the plane in the Hudson River. You know, there's certain things that happen sometimes you're just out of your control. So, yeah, it's definitely, you definitely got to make sure you're confident in everything that's going on, especially when you're flying on these planes. Also, too, as you were saying, with Sweden locking back down, it's not actually locking back down. Again, I shouldn't say that. They never really locked back down. They actually bucked the trend and uh, didn't impose COVID-19 lockdowns at all. 
which I was very proud of them considering the fact that Sweden has been so compromised, especially with their heavy infiltration by the Muslim community now, who wishes to pretty much take over Sweden. Um, doesn't really matter. That is what it is. But what we're seeing now is exactly what Dad said. It appears they're trying to have voluntary lockdowns now to allegedly stop the spread, which, as we've already seen now, the COVID death rate is completely and totally fabricated as far as it's added with whatever they want to add it to. They come up with insane guidelines, completely and totally erroneous guidelines, I should say, where people, oh, it doesn't matter what happened, you automatically have COVID. Well, what's happened is now, Sweden has been pretty much the poster child for not locking down. Well, of course, like almost every country is, their central control bank now, in my opinion, have pretty much come in now and said, hey, listen, we have to make an example out of Sweden. We've got to start running the numbers up, and now we have to start making people voluntarily lock down and not go anywhere because they're, sh- they're being too much of a global example. They have been. Sweden has been a huge example for the rest of the world on why it doesn't matter the lockdown, shutting down businesses, completely and totally ruining people's lives didn't help whatsoever. In fact, the only thing it really did do in the United States was make the Billionaire Boys Club $2.2 trillion richer over a period of four months because you, in turn, allowed all the billionaire boys companies to not only thrive but be pretty much the only game in town. You know, Walmart, Costco, Sam's, they were all essential businesses. If you're a mom-and-pop store and you didn't make the list, you basically got told you had to shut down. Heck, in some cases, people got arrested. They had their doors completely and totally boxed in, like the uh, fitness the fitness facility up in New Jersey. Now, I told you guys about that last week. The owners now are dealing with asset forfeiture over a quarter million dollars now. The sheriff's department has basically sent them an asset forfeiture due to unpaid fines because they would not shut their gym down, even to a point where law enforcement boxed in the door, boarded it up, and they kicked it in. So, but we're done. We'll open back up again. And I commend those guys strongly because, I mean, they're, they've taken a strong stance. They've also gotten crucified for it as far as with the local government. But there reaches a point in time to where you have to say no. So I've told you guys before, you have to say no. No, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to consent. Just because somebody asks you to do something doesn't mean you have to do it. Always remember that. Unless we're talking about something in a very volatile, you know, law enforcement standpoint where, you know, you've been, you know, pulled over for speeding and you basically are taking a ticket, whatever. You know, be compliant. Don't be a complete and total idiot and you won't get shot. That's why I always tell people all the time. I said, I've been pulled over a lot when I was younger. I used to have motorcycles. I got lots of tickets. It was just part of my life when I was younger. It was mistakes, but I learned from them. But the funny thing is, I never got shot. Why? You get pulled over, you act like a normal person. You don't act like a belligerent fool and run around and start screaming and yelling and jumping out of vehicles and making crazy movements. Law enforcement is an incredibly, incredibly difficult job, and they don't get paid hardly anything to do it. And you've got to deal with people all the time. Now, are all cops bad? No. Are all cops good? No. But majority of cops are great. And there's a small percentage that shouldn't be cops, but you have that in every field. There's some doctors who shouldn't be doctors. They're complete and total morons. They shouldn't even be in the medical field. You have other people in every other job that shouldn't be there. Always remember that doctor mistakes, basically, you know, mistakes in surgery that kill people, is the third leading cause of death in the United States. No one wants to talk about those numbers. 
But the last time I heard, I didn't hear anybody run around and say, defund the medical community, defund doctors, even though we have significantly more deaths due to doctor mistakes than we will ever see in our lifetime with law enforcement kills as far as with citizens. So always remember, they want to push that narrative. And I'm sure over the next couple weeks, just get ready. Because they're getting ready to spool it up again. The whole riots, everything. As Dad said, with these letters going out, there are people that are running around that absolutely are bent on causing harm and trying to force their ideology on other people. Always remember that with the left. It doesn't matter if you don't agree with them. It doesn't matter if you have a different opinion. They will scream and yell and in some cases violently attack you just for having a different belief structure until they force you to believe what they believe or you basically get in a giant fight. I've had numerous instances now, and so is Lana, everybody I know, where they're out in public and somebody comes up to them completely unprovoked. Why aren't you wearing a mask? You need to be wearing a mask, blah, blah, blah. Dude, get away. Why are you, why are you talking to me? Why are you speaking to me? I don't have anything to say to you. You need to wear a mask. It's for my protection. And I always get a kick out of it. A majority, majority of the individuals that do this, like the individual I told you when I was at the um, battery store a couple months ago, and she's inside with a mask on, just chewing out the staff because they're not wearing a mask. She, you need to be wearing a mask. I could get sick. I mean, just going berserk. She's standing there. Her mask is like drooling with spit. It's disgusting. She's about five foot two, 250 pounds, morbidly obese, telling us all how sick she is and how many medications she, she's on, and we all need to wear a mask for her protection. So I simply walk into it. I'm like, well, I've I've had COVID. I'm perfectly fine. Well, you're healthy. I said, well, if you're not healthy, you probably shouldn't be outside of your house right now, should you? Huffs and puffs and runs out the door. That's the thing. Guys, it's time that America take responsibility. We don't need somebody to change our diaper or feed us a bottle. We need to be America, and we need to keep raising little Americans. Remember, freedom is never easy. It's never safe. Always remember that. Freedom was never even supposed to be or designed or disguised to be safe. Freedom can be very dangerous, but that's the beauty of freedom, isn't it? Because if it's dangerous, that means you have the ability to make choices. You have the ability to do it. You have the ability to be self-sufficient. You have the ability to make the direction that you want to go. Now, some people choose bad directions because we have freedom of choice. And that's the thing. I'm very libertarian when it comes to that. I think everybody has the right to make their own choices as long as it's not involving or endangering or hurting other people. And see, that's the twist that they've done on the mask now. Is they go, well, you have to wear a mask for our protection because if you don't wear a mask, you're endangering us. Guys, let's be real now. Let's be real, real. <laughs> this entire aspect of what we've seen with COVID has been nothing more than a complete and total fear porn lie. Is the virus real? Oh, I believe so. Is the virus dangerous if you're very, very sick and very old and don't take care of yourself and have a bad immune system? Yeah, of course it is. Just like anything, including the flu. Just like walking outside and crossing the street. Just like driving on the interstate. All of those things take a significant amount of risk, but there's freedom attached to them. You have the ability to make your own choices. If you want to wear a mask, you feel like you need to do that, wear a mask. If you don't want to wear a mask, don't want to wear a mask. That's the aspect of freedom. But don't yell and scream and cuss at other people because they don't choose to opt into your same belief structure. Now, what we're seeing now is, like we just talked about a minute ago, 
there's going to be something in the next couple weeks. They've already said now that they're absolutely, if Trump doesn't concede immediately, regardless of what happens, they pretty much want him to step down even if he wins. This is what they're saying now. It doesn't matter. There's a reason why everybody's buying up ammo. We're in an arms race right now, so you can't get ammo. You can't buy guns. Or you can buy them, but you're going to pay exorbitant prices for them right now if you want them. That's just part of it. Guys, it's time to be Americans, and it's time to be self-sufficient. You're going to have to do what you're going to have to do at a certain point, and that's why it's best to be as prepared as physically possible right now. Do what you need to do. Be exercising. Take care of your immune system. If you need anything, give us a call at Health Masters. We're here to help you out. If you need some food buckets, call us up. We just get more, we're getting more in stock tomorrow. We're shipping out everything we have pretty much right now to previous orders over the weekend. We have more coming in, more coming in, more coming in. We're consistently trying to keep them stockpiled, especially for our community. Right here around here, everybody's been wanting them because people know it's about to happen. And a wise man sees danger coming and basically prepares for it. A fool sits around and basically is in folly. Be prepared and be ready for what's about to happen. Keep your immune system strong. Stay strong. Keep exercising. And continue to please get this information out there. Keep waking more and more people up the best you can. The truth will set you free. And there's, there's, there's absolute truth to that. The more you can wake somebody up, the more you can snap them out of this, this COVID cult, the more people we're going to be able to wake up and make a difference in this country. Stand your ground. Continue to speak your mind. Have a blessed, safe, awesome night. I'll talk to you again tomorrow as always.